Welcome to the Strong Mamas Podcast, where we're talking about our fitness and food choices as moms in real life and in light of our faith as Christ followers. I'm your host, Megan Dahlman, and together we'll be exploring what it means to be a healthy, strong mama in the middle of a culture that's obsessed with vanity. This podcast is all about helping and equipping you to take better care of yourself and the ones you love. Hey guys, welcome back to the Strong Mamas podcast. I'm so glad you're here with me today and ready to press in, to learn, and to be inspired to take really good care of your bodies. Unfortunately, this week I'm flying solo without my co-host Scott today, but hopefully he'll be back with us next week. We all had a ton of fun on last week's episode. Hopefully you were able to catch that. It was loaded full of practical tips for boosting our immune system, which I know is really important information for us right now, kind of in the middle of this pandemic that we're dealing with. On that episode, we probably had way too many jokes, (laughs) some of them inside jokes, I'm sure, because, you know, he's my husband and we have a ton of inside jokes, but hopefully you still gleaned some really great knowledge about real tangible ways to make your immune system rock solid. Now, on today's episode, this is going to be one big challenge for you to step it up and see what you're made of. We're going to be talking about being timid and kind of having that tendency to shrink back rather than being courageous. I also want to talk to you about comparison a little bit and how when we see the cloud of witnesses around us as our competition, Rather than our support structure and rather than proof that we are in fact capable of so much, we're simply ruined and we're never going to accomplish very much. So this might be one of those episodes that you need to listen to a couple times. Actually, I want you to write the verses down. I want you to pray into this and I want you to see how this might create some transformation in your own life. But before we jump in, though, I have a major announcement that I'm crazy excited about. You guys, the Strong Mamas Coaching Program is opening up for registration early, okay? I originally planned on opening up registration on April 17th, but considering our stay-at-home and the shelter-in-place situation that we have right now, and just knowing that so many of you need a clear plan of action now that you can do at home, I decided to move up registration to April 1st. Woohoo! Okay, so on Wednesday, April 1st, which is probably when you're listening to this, you have the opportunity to come coach with me and experience an online fitness and nutrition coaching experience that's unlike anything else you can find online. Over the last three and a half years, the Strong Mamas coaching program has helped hundreds of women just like yourself get stronger and remarkably fit. They've learned healthy eating habits that last a lifetime, and they've gained a respect and appreciation for their bodies that they never had before. And Erica, who's been a member since nearly the inception of the program, she's an incredible one. If you're in the coaching group, you know Erica. She is awesome. And she put it this way. She said, I wanted to be healthier, but I had no idea how to accomplish that goal. I was active already, but I didn't really pay any attention to my nutrition. Now, though, I know how to take care of myself and my family, and I feel so much better, and not just physically. 
Because this program is centered around Jesus, he has corrected so many of the lies I believed about my body for so long. My heart has grown to love who I am and how he made me. It's about the journey and the growth so much more than what size I am. Friends, Erica's story is not unique. This coaching program has done remarkable things in the lives of countless women, from women and mamas in their 20s all the way up to their 70s. And there's a couple things that truly set Strong Mamas apart from other programs out there. The first thing is that this coaching program values every part of you. It values your spiritual, mental, and physical health. It's not just hyper-focused on giving you a great body for the beach. You deserve more of a holistic approach than just that. Another thing is that the workouts are functionally fit. I've taught you guys a lot about functional training on this podcast, and hopefully you're starting to see the value of training functionally and including compound movements that truly make you strong. So you get that. You get that style of training rather than involving a bunch of spot training and isolation exercises. It's just so much more efficient and results driven. Another thing is that you learn a healthy eating lifestyle. I teach you how to implement practical choices that you can do forever. It's not a strict diet with a hard time frame that you have just a couple weeks to go all in. And in fact, I really try to help you break that all or nothing mindset with your nutrition habits. Another thing is that the coaching program values every body type and teaches you the strengths that each body type has and how to capitalize on them. Learning our body types is something I'm passionate about, and I feel like it's really revealing for us to finally come to grips with our own bodies and break through those feelings of negative body image. And I want you to know that in the coaching program, you'll never feel pressured to become a certain body type or to look a certain way. And you're going to start to finally embrace exactly who God designed you to be. You're also not going to feel ashamed participating in this program. Guys, it's something we have to talk about. I don't want you to feel like you have to hide your workouts from your impressionable kids or even from your husband. I know that there's other programs out there that flaunt a ridiculous amount of skin and sex appeal with their workout videos, but the Strong Mamas coaching program does not. You don't have to be embarrassed or ashamed of it. And then finally, I need you to know that the coaching access is what also sets us apart. It's really hard to find an affordable program that also gives you direct access to the coach that actually designed the workouts and wrote the nutrition guide. You get coaching calls with me. You get live Q&A sessions with me every week and even lots of opportunities for live workouts with me too. You simply don't get that experience with any other program. So I'm excited to have you guys join us. Just remember, registration opens Wednesday, April 1st, which is probably when you're listening to this, Guys, it's not expensive either. It only costs $1 to try it out for your entire first month, and then it can be as low as $15 per month after that. I can't wait for you to finally experience strength, health, and peace in your body. So make sure to check the show notes for a direct link to join today. Okay, guys, I want to talk with you about opportunity and courage versus timidity. 
And I'm going to explain this a lot further. So first, I want to tell you a quick story about Liz. And many of you know her already, and she has no idea I'm giving her a shout out. (laughs) But Liz is the moderator in the Strong Mama Squad Facebook group. A lot of you guys are in the Facebook group. We've been doing a lot of live workouts together these last couple weeks. But I need to let you know that a year ago, Liz, who's the moderator in the group, she could not do a push-up. And I'm sure a lot of you guys can relate to that. Being able to do a push-up is kind of one of those things that is just like, man, that feels like I'll never be able to do that. That seems way too difficult. And Liz definitely felt that way. And last year we had the Strong Mamas Retreat and she was able to come and I taught her some really great tricks on how to improve your push-up technique and build up your strength to be able to do a push-up. So fast forward to a year from then and to now, she can do 10 push-ups in a row, full push-ups on her toes, on her hands, real true push-ups. And also this year, she hit 40 years old. So it's not like she's in her 20s and she's, you know, young and spry and can do anything. This is a 40-year-old mom who in this last year busted out 10 push-ups when a year ago she couldn't even do one. And I have more stories to tell like that. Krista, A year ago, she was using only five and eight pound weights with workouts, but now she's using 20 and 25 pound weights for her workouts. Ridiculously strong. So strong. Also, Allie, another one. She never could do physio ball pikes before. If you've ever seen physio ball pikes, they're super tricky. They have your hands on the floor, feet on the ball, on the big physio ball, and you're holding a plank position and you hike or pike, your hips straight up to the sky. It's a really challenging, balancing core motion. And this was always her tough spot. And she can now bust out physio ball pikes. It's amazing. Also, Kim, another one. She has her nutrition dialed in and is in full control of her eating habits. And she's been consistent with it for the past four months. Another one, Carmen, she's a grandma who has fibromyalgia and she's been lifting weights, carrying her grandsons and is finally feeling at ease in her body. You guys, I could go on and on and on talking about women who refuse to be timid and fearful and they seized an opportunity to be courageous and maybe even do something a little bit scary with their bodies, something outside of their comfort zone. Honestly, I think many of us women operate timidly. We're not sure we're half committed to things and we kind of sit around contemplating things for too long. We tend to be timid about trying something new or maybe trying something that's unknown or perhaps a little bit outside of our comfort zone. We're a bit timid because we think we might fail at something like I just that seems like something I'll never be able to do I just don't think I could ever do that that's crazy sometimes we're even timid because we think others can do it so much better than us we're intimidated by them and it's interesting when I was thinking about it the word intimidated of course it has the word timid in it so when we see other people doing things or operating in a way that seems so much more beyond what we could ever do that makes us feel timid and I know this attitude gets revealed in so many areas of our lives it's not just with workouts right 
I think it can be anything. It can be starting a new venture, maybe starting a business or a new job. It could be initiating new relationships, going outside of your comfort zone, stepping into a relationship that you're just not sure about. You don't know what the outcome is going to be. It could be sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. That can feel really intimidating sometimes. And especially with our health and fitness, I think committing to taking care of our body, it can feel scary and intimidating for sure. But here's what I know and have firmly come to believe. And this is from 2 Timothy 1.7. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but it gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So when I look at women that inspire me, I can truly see the Spirit of God displayed brilliantly in their lives through their power, through their love, and through their self-discipline. But being timid about something does not reflect God's Spirit. And I have a funny saying that I know all the girls in the coaching program know all too well because they know me. And it's the saying, hold my beer. And yeah, I know... It sounds a little irreverent and it can be taken as reckless in certain contexts, but you know, you can say here, hold my beer or hold my baby, hold my beverage, whatever it might be, whatever you feel comfortable saying. But I love this attitude and I think more of us need this spirit. So having the quote unquote, hold my beer attitude implies that you're looking at something that appears challenging, something that seems way too difficult for you to do. And instead of saying, no way, I I can't do that. I'm not capable of it. Instead of saying that, you turn to your friend, you hand off your drink and say, you know what? I'm going to go for it. Watch this. And in that moment, you're asking yourself, huh, what am I actually capable of? Maybe I can do that. I don't know for sure, but I'm going to try. Is that something I actually can do? I don't know. Have I even found my upper limits? Do I even know where my ceiling is? Or am I just comfortable sitting here being okay with where I'm at? And in this really hard season of life right now that I know that we all find ourselves in, I've been dwelling hard on this particular verse lately. It's Joshua 1.9 and it says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. That's the attitude I'm talking about. It's that same attitude of stepping up and being courageous and saying, I don't know what the outcome is. I'm not exactly sure but I am going to give it my best. So here, hold my beer, watch this. (laughs) But I think you guys, there usually comes a point when what I call or what scripture calls our cloud of witnesses, when that becomes our competition. Now, let me explain, because I think we have a problem and it's usually a big problem that holds us back in this, in these situations. I think we wrongfully see those who have gone before us, similar to, you know, all those ladies I mentioned earlier. We see all those who have gone before us, those who have been victorious, those who have done great things. And we see them not as testimonies of of what we ourselves perhaps are also capable of, but as testaments of our own failures. Let me say that again. 
I think we wrongfully see those who have gone before us, those who have been victorious, not as testimonies of of what we ourselves are also capable of, but as testaments of our own failure. And we often see our cloud of witnesses as our competition. Our focus in these moments is so inward. And because it's so inward, we're on, we're constantly looking at our own failures and our own incapabilities that because of that, we miss the inspiration and even worse, we miss our true focus. So go with me and listen for a minute to this very familiar passage from Hebrews. You're probably familiar with this. It says this, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. It's the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the men and women of old gained approval. By faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God. By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, he obeyed. By faith, he lived as an alien in the land. By faith, even Sarah herself received the ability to conceive. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, he offered up his only begotten son. By faith, Jacob, as he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph. By faith, Moses, he chose rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down. By faith, Rahab, the harlot, did not perish after she welcomed the spies in peace. And what more shall I say, for time will fail me if I tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets, who by faith all conquered kingdoms, performed acts of righteousness, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, from weakness were made strong, love that, they became mighty in war, they put armies to fight. All of that is just segments of Hebrews 11. And when I read that, I think, dang, that's incredible. I mean, talk about some, here, hold my beer moments, right? Talk about men and women that said, I don't know, I'm not sure, but I'm going to be strong and courageous and I'm going to go for it. But there's more because now it's your turn. The passage continues. It says, therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, talking about all those people, all those heroes that I just mentioned above, Let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. That's Hebrews 12.1. I love, I love that verse. And I know so many of you guys do too. Think about the Olympics real quick, okay? I'm not sure if we're gonna have the Olympics this summer. I know for sure it has been postponed, but I really hope that we end up being able to enjoy the Olympics. It's always one of the most spectacular events, right? So I want you to picture the massive stadium that rises hundreds of feet in the air and it's packed to the rafters full of people, thousands and thousands of them. I mean, it's a force, it's powerful, it's dramatic, right? That entire scene in Hebrews that I just read, it's actually written as if we're stepping into a massive athletic stadium, just like the Olympics. And that's the imagery that the author was describing. And he says, it's our turn to go. We're on the spot. It's us. It's me. It's you. And that grand stadium is packed full of witnesses. But all those spectators, they're not just there watching us. They're all those heroes of the past that have already been in this exact same position that we have. 
and they've done this already. They know exactly what it feels like to step into the stadium and feel overwhelmed. They've walked into this stadium before. They know that feeling of doubt and fear and timidity. So all those people, they're not just watching and judging us. They are our tribe. They're our family. They're our cheering squad, okay? And they are shining examples of what can be done. That entire stadium full of people, they're there as proof that we are not of those who shrink back to destruction, but of those who have faith to the preserving of the soul. That's Hebrews 10, 39. That stadium is not full of timid, weak people who won't step up to the plate and they're afraid to be courageous. And yet, (laughs) and yet, we step into the stadium and we let sin entangle us. We look up and around at all of them, and instead of inspiration, instead of seeing them like, yes, they're so inspiring, and because of them, I know I can do this. No, we don't see it like that. We let sin slink in. We let the sin of comparison, we let the sin of pride, doubt, and fear, all of those things creep in. The sin of being timid, when we in fact have the spirit of the living God dwelling inside of us. So think about it. Did the author of Hebrews spend all that time listing faithful saint after faithful saint to remind us of how awful we are and how incapable we are, how much of a failure we are? Was it intended for us to think, wow, look at how amazing all these people were. Now look at you. What a hopeless piece of crud you are. Get your act together. No, that is not at all what was ever intended. And we were never meant to compare ourselves to them, yet we do that all the time. And we especially compare ourselves with our sisters who are fighting the good fight. They're pushing hard and they're receiving that true crown of joy ahead of them. They're accomplishing great things. They're stepping up. They're saying, you know what? Here, hold my beer. I don't know. I'm going to give it a go. And instead of rejoicing with them, we get jealous. Instead of sharing in their joy, we feel self-doubt and fear. Instead of feeling encouraged and inspired by them, we feel downtrodden and weary. We get tangled up in sin. We know that. But we were never supposed to look at the crowd anyway. The truth is that we were never meant to let our gaze linger on all those around us because our eyes should be looking at somebody else instead. When we step into that athletic arena and we see the cloud of witnesses, if we look close enough, we realize that they're pointing towards someone else. They're all pointing. They're all saying, hey, yes, I did this and you can too, but don't look at me. Don't look at me. Stop looking at me. Look over there. Look at him. Because the passage goes on. It says, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. He despised its shame and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself so you will not grow weary and lose heart. Where should our eyes be fixed? They should be fixated, dialed, pinpointed right on Jesus himself. 
He's the beginning and the end, the one who starts our journey, the one who finishes it, the one who gives us strength for it. He is the creator. He's the perfecter. He's the one who endured far more than we ever could imagine because of the joy that was before him. And when we truly ponder and when we truly internalize and consider everything that he did for us, we're not going to grow weary and lose heart along this journey. So you guys, I think we sometimes have misplaced eyesight about all of it, about when we have goals for ourselves, or when we feel like we're being called to step into a journey or called to step up. I think we get this so horribly perverted and backwards. We step into that arena and we get distracted by the cloud of witnesses. We get distracted by everybody else. I mean, what's wrong with us that when it's our turn to go, we see all those successful ones and we see them as if they're harbingers of our defeat. When we're surrounded by those who have fought the good fight, who have tasted victory, who have remained faithful, who are pointing to Christ, but we end up letting fear, doubt, and weariness consume us instead. And I know that we think, I just can't do this. They were so much better. They had it all together. They had all the pieces in place. It was the right time for them. It was the right circumstances. I can't be consistent like they can. I just don't have the discipline. They were strong. I'm not. They had way more faith than I do. I just want to be done with this race. Listen, you must stop comparing your journey with everyone else around you. Your friends and your sisters that are doing well rejoicing in victory and seeing transformation, they are not your competition. I want you to draw inspiration from them, draw inspiration from that crowd, feed on the energy and the testimonies of faith, but don't let your gaze linger there. Fix your eyes on Jesus instead. Only then are you not going to grow weary and lose heart. If we keep looking around at everybody else, that is when we get weary and we want to give up. So then, because of all this, because we're surrounded by an incredible crowd proving to us that it can be done, because we're fixating our gaze on Christ alone and the incredible power, his power that he has imparted into us to do things we could never do in ourselves, let's see what we're made of. This is your call to action. This is the battle cry. No more shrinking back. No more playing the meek and tired and not good enough card. Enough of that. Look to the person at your side and say, here, hold my drink. I'm going to go do this. Okay, take a deep breath. (laughs) I need to take a deep breath. (laughs) So what are you going to do? Where should you start? What next? What is the race set before you? Because it is absolutely reckless if you do jump in to all of this and you dive headfirst without a plan. So I want to bring all this back around to your health, to your fitness, to exercise and nutrition. And I need to be clear with you. This is not a call to, for you to do something with an all or nothing attitude. You're going to walk away from this episode feeling incredibly inspired and motivated, but be patient, okay? Okay. The race is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Step forward with a determination to do this well, to do it right, and to not be all or nothing or perfectionist about this, okay? So I want to ask you on the exercise front, 
How strong and fit can you possibly become? Do you know if you have reached your body's upper limits? Do you even know what those upper limits are? I'm not saying how lean can you get. I'm not saying how skinny. I'm not saying how many dress sizes can you lose. Not at all. I want you to ask yourself, am I in really good shape right now? Or is there something else that my body is capable of that I don't know? So let's first take a look at your current workout regimen and just take a peek and see what's working well for me right now and what are the things that I love. Make sure that you're clear about that, okay? Because honestly, if something is working well, don't change it, right? I mean, practically speaking, why on earth would you make a change or flip the script on something that's already working so well for you? So are there habits in place already in your life that are working well? Try to identify those and let's make sure that you continue doing them, okay? It could be going for a walk every day. If that's working well for your sanity, you need to keep doing that. Things like that, okay? Now look even more closely at your workout routine and notice the areas where there might be room for improvement. Can you try working out maybe another day of the week? Is there room for improvement with your overall frequency? Maybe you can try using slightly heavier weights. Can you get even stronger? Maybe you're stuck at tens. (laughs) Maybe you have this goal of being like, man, I'd love to be able to push 20s or 25s or 30s. I just don't know if I'm capable. Look at the spots that maybe you can actually do that. Is there a specific exercise that you want to accomplish? Like the push-ups I mentioned or maybe pull-ups. Maybe you want to be able to squat 80 or 100 pounds. Maybe you want to be able to hold a plank for a full minute and not break and feel really, really strong in your core. Maybe when you are doing your workouts, you're just going through the motions. You're not really kind of, you're not really pushing yourself. Is there a different attitude that you can have when you walk into your workout space and start a workout? Can you amp it up? Can you jump higher? Can you go longer? Can you find your edges? Can you stop skipping reps and moving on to the next thing? Can you do all of it to its completeness? Is there something that you've always wanted to be able to do, but it feels really lofty? Something I ask myself a lot. I know that in the past years, I've set goals for myself of I want to be able to do a handstand. I want to be able to do the splits. I want to be able to do this crazy move on the TRX. Like things that just feel like there's no way. I can't imagine myself ever being able to do that. And so I'll be like, all right, that's the thing I'm going to try for. And so I'll try for it. And you know what? It's taken some work, but I've been able to accomplish those things. Maybe you don't even have a plan <laughs> at all. And you're just trying to wing it. And you're just Every day, waking up like, "Ah, I probably should do something active today, but I don't really know what it is. And if that's the case, you're never going to find what your body is actually capable of. You don't have a plan. So these are all things that you can ask yourself, man, with my workouts, with my exercise, I think I can step it up. I think I can see what I'm made of, see if there's more that this body of mine is capable of doing. It's all about the doing. It's not about looking, okay? Because if you focus on, man, if I can make myself look a certain way, oh, that gets weary and defeating so quickly. But if you turn your attention on, man, what is this body actually capable of? Are there things I think I can't do right now? And if so, what are they? And maybe I'll try. Maybe I'll just go for it. Now, what about the nutrition? Because I know for many of you guys... 
the eating component is so hard. I want you to start thinking about your nutrition as a vehicle that helps your body become its absolute best. The better you eat, the more your body will have the help it needs to do all those things I just mentioned, to step it up. I mean, think about it. When you're not eating well, your body just feels terrible. It's not functioning at its best. It's not doing things that impress you and feel highly achievable. It's just so far less than what it's capable of, right? Once again, take a look at your current eating habits and notice what's already working well. We have to start there because I don't want you to look at everything and be like, I got to overhaul everything. Everything needs a change. No, I'm sure you're already doing things that are working well. So stop and notice what is already going well for you. Are you eating all of your meals? Are you making a point to eat produce as often as you can? Are you emphasizing protein? Are you drinking lots of water? Are you being mindful when you're having splurge type foods? Are you paying attention to things that you didn't used to pay attention to before? Notice what's already working well for you. And if you can pinpoint what's working well, make sure that you don't change it. Don't overhaul that, okay? And then I want you to look again. And be honest about what's not working well for you. Are you stress eating? Are you eating maybe out of sheer laziness and perhaps even a a lack of self-control? Maybe you're not eating enough vegetables and fruit and you know it. Maybe you're not eating them at every meal and you're like, man, I can really tell. My body is paying the price. Maybe you're not drinking enough water or your beverages in general just aren't on point. Are you consuming way too much sugar? Is your sweet tooth getting out of hand? Or maybe the problem is that you've always had an all or nothing attitude about your food. You've had the idea of diet starts Monday. So you find yourself just binging all weekend long. And that is certainly the behavior that's not working well at all for you anymore. So look at your eating habits and say, where where can I step it up? What are the places that I know are not working well for my body, either in my attitude about food or in my actual habits and my actions, what I'm actually doing? What can be improved? So with both your fitness, with both your nutrition, I want you to take this time as an opportunity to step up your game. Take this season where things are just off and a little weird and unnormal, like abnormal. Ask yourself, what am I capable of? I, I don't want this season to be one that is marked by your timidity. I don't want this to be a season where you're absorbed by fear and discouragement. Because of the great cloud of witnesses that have gone before us, proving that it is possible. And I'm not just saying like, yeah, all those guys in the Old Testament, but also the women that are around you right now who in just this last year have accomplished things with their body that they never thought possible with an attitude and a heart focus that is good and pure. Let these witnesses surrounding you be inspiration that you are capable of this too. I want them to be proof that this is possible. And don't forget that because of the one that we're standing here able to fix our eyes on, Jesus, the one that's standing right in front of us, the one that we should be looking directly at, remember that because of that, because of his spirit alive inside of you, You are capable of so much.
So use this time to adopt the hold my beer attitude or the hold my beverage, hold my baby, whatever you want to use. Have that attitude, adopt that attitude and say, maybe, just maybe this body of mine can do more than I ever thought possible. That's going to look different for all of us. And I want you to hear all of my words today, not as pressure that you're not doing it enough, not as pressure that you're not good enough already, not as not to lay more feelings of defeat and expectation on you. Because that is not at all what I want you to feel. I want you to feel a sense of grace, but also excitement that you are strong, that you already are enough. There's nothing else that you need to prove about yourself, but you are capable of so much. That body that you are in is capable of doing so many things. And that is the inspiration that I want you to feel today. All right, you guys, that is all the time that we have for today. I'm so glad that you joined me for this episode of the Strong Mamas podcast. Do not forget the Strong Mamas coaching program is open for registration on Wednesday, April 1st. I want you to come coach with me. I want you to be a part of a program that is transforming the lives of women around the world from their homes with their kids crawling all over them. I want that to be you too. I want you to step up and say, what is this body capable of doing during this season of life? Maybe this is my opportunity to be really strong, to be truly healthy, and to focus on my fitness and my nutrition like I've never had the chance to do before. So for more information about the coaching program, make sure that you visit the show notes for a link to the coaching program. And don't forget, you guys, if you have a moment, I would love it if you took the time to leave a quick review to tell me what you think about the podcast. And hey, if there's ever a topic that you want me to cover, whether it's about nutrition or exercise or just being inspired, let me know. I'm always open to new ideas from you guys. So thanks again for joining us today. And until next week, we'll talk to you later.